Going Deeper with God. This show exists to refresh our relationships with our Father by having a place to go with Him each week. Pastor Barbara Moore calls upon the Holy Spirit to guide us into a deeper connection in our relationships with Jesus. You can learn more about Barbara Moore and her ministry at HarvestMountainMinistries.org. We pray that this show helps you grow in prayer, hear the voice of God, and obey what He asks of you. So here we go, Deeper with God. I want to go deeper, but I don't know how to swim. I want to be maker, but have you seen this Well, it is an amazing Saturday in the summer, and some of you listening are in Colorado. Some of you listening might be down under. You could be as far away as Australia. <laughs> we just thank you that, that this broadcast, Going Deeper with God, weekly goes around the world to do what? to help us get closer to the one and only, to the Most High God, to the one who made us from before the foundation of the earth. And we just thank you today for our amazing guest, Richard Eagle from Australia, and Dr. Becky and I. We are going to talk about life in a rowboat. And Richard is a Bible teacher and author and a life coach. And he and his wife, Jenny, have been married for 35 years. And listeners, this is interesting, but today is my anniversary. It's a 4th of July anniversary for 35 years. <laughs> Richard has two children and two grandchildren, and he has a, and a passion that has no beginning and no end for helping people discover their unique God-given purpose. So today, if you've been saying to yourself, you know, it's 4th of July weekend, and I'd really like to know why I'm on the planet, you can expect to get uh, fed today. And Richard's website is Richard Eagle, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-E-A-G-L-E dot com. So I'd like to welcome now Dr. Becky Slaybaugh and Richard Eagle. How are you guys? Awesome. Ready for a boat, Bart? <laughs> yeah. I'm wonderful, and I'm awake. Yes, because <laughs> Richard is a number one best-selling author on Amazon, and his boat, uh, his boat, his book is called <laughs> "Life in a Rowboat." And sometimes it probably seems like his boat because he's in it a lot. But <laughs> g'day, g'day, Richard. <laughs> G'day indeed. It's great to great to be with you and uh, to join your many listeners. And I trust, yeah, we'll we'll all get to spend a little little bit of time in the rowboat uh, today and um, come away blessed. Yeah, and I just want to share with the listeners too that I I taught in Melbourne, Australia for two years, and I have uh, friends that I still stay in contact with, but I was an Aussie teacher for a couple of years, so I, I, I can understand everything you're saying. <laughs> oh, that's a relief. <laughs> so um, we're going we're gonna to unpack for the listeners so we can just jump right in now. Um, life in the Rowboat. So what is what is your book, Life in the Rowboat, about? Well, Bob, I guess the best way to put it is it's all about the Hebrew perspective of the word future. And the, the key uh, to all of this unfolding, and 
tribute to a gentleman called Skip Moen because he was responsible for starting me on this journey. And unlike me, Skip is a, a brilliant Greek and Hebrew scholar, uh, whereas I'm just a little Aussie who's fascinated by uh, the, the Word of God. So we all know Jeremiah 29:11 really well, which says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And so the word future in that verse is the Hebrew word agarith. And it's the meaning of that word that gets us to the rowboat, because the meaning is afterwards, backwards, or after part. And we Westerners go... Huh? <laughs> How can that word be the word for future? So that's what the book's about. It's about unpacking the word future from a Hebrew perspective. So, Becky, why don't you ask uh, some more questions about this Hebrew word future to uh, Richard? Um, yeah, well, absolutely. First of all, Richard, um, I just need to brag on you a little bit. I... I <laughs> witnessed you becoming a number one Amazon bestseller actually pretty quick, which was shows me that with your subtitle, When Fears of Failure and Fears of the Future Become Things of the Past, people are hungry for what you are uh, what you're sharing. They want that that's why it hit Richard so quickly. And uh, and I was just looking at one of your posts today, and by the way, my review, listeners, is on Amazon.com. When you're buying his book, you'll see my review. But another one saying, I'm, I'm reading your book, but it's like, it's like a manual. There's so much to ponder on what God is saying. And uh, so, listeners, I just want to share with you, you know, I haven't met Richard in person, but I have met him in spirit. Amen. And this is a book you don't want to pass up. It's a number one bestseller. It's, it's, um, he's unpacking for you the future and the hope and, and from the Word of God from Jeremiah. So uh, tell us the difference, Richard, if you can't. Uh, when God talks about the future and the hope, can you unpack that a little bit more? I know you had some stories in your book. Is, is there uh, anything you can tag on to, to, to the listeners to help them understand the meaning and, and how to apply it? Hmm. Yes, in, indeed, Becky. So um, that definition I gave of the Hebrew understanding being afterward, backward, or after part, um, a Westerner like, like you and I um, suddenly realized that's the picture of someone sitting in a rowboat because when you sit in a rowboat, you cannot look where you're going. You have to focus on where you've been. And so it's all about looking back. And what are you looking back at? Well, you're looking back through all the generations and seeing the goodness and faithfulness of God. Mm. And it's, it's that that directs you into your future. 
And so it's a, it's a, it was a wonderful experience for me in writing the book because in the book I share about my own struggle from a very early age with, uh, with fear and a fear that was birthed out of um, the religious spirit in, in which I, you know, became um, entrapped, really, um, just through the, the environment in, in which I was living. And it took me many, many years to really come to understand what that was all about. And the real aha moment came when I was writing the book. <laughs> but I oh. thought, oh, here I am. I've spent my whole life fearing the future and mm. fearing my ability to, to do anything without failing because I've been looking the wrong way. Mm. I've, been, I've been trying to row the boat and turn around and look at the future all at the same time. So the book is really about uh, developing a, a totally new mindset. And we hear a lot of talk about worldview, and particularly amongst believers, uh, you know, we need to have a biblical worldview. Mm. Well, I think the rowboat gives a really simple place to start to really change your worldview to that which is expressed through the scriptures. So what is the significance of the word boat then in Hebrew? Okay. Well, I thought, what's the first boat that we can see in scripture? And of course, it's, um, it's Noah and the ark. Now, that's interesting because it connects with another one of my journeys, which was a word study I did on the word grace. And the first occasion that the word grace is used in all of Scripture is in reference to Noah. In Genesis 6, verse 8, we read, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And... The word picture meaning, maybe I should explain for your listeners, that before Hebrew became a written language, it was actually a pictorial language. And so when it became a written language, they attached the pictures to the letters of their alphabet. So when you're studying Hebrew, you can actually look at another level of meaning by looking at the pictures that come out of each of the letters in a given word. And in relation to grace, the word picture is a fence that protects life. And when I read that, I went, my goodness, that's exactly what the ark was. Mm. It was a, this big fence that, that God had built to protect all the life that was left on planet Earth. And so... The, the boat is, in fact, a picture of grace. But it gets even better than that <laughs> because the word ark means the house of the sign. And I'm sure you want to ask me now, 
or Richard the House of the Sign of What? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it when people ask me questions. I, I'm just itching to answer. Well, we we know a number of things about the ark. First of all, we know that it was made out of wood. But the second thing that we we don't hear a lot about is the fact that God said to Noah, I want you to align the ark inside and outside with pitch. And I've read that many times and thought nothing of it. But when I studied that word, I discovered that pitch shares exactly the same root meaning as the word for atonement. So... In reality, God was saying to Noah, I want you to align this boat, this wooden boat, inside and outside with a sign of atonement. And then the third thing we know about the ark is that it was constructed through the obedience of Noah to the words of God. So we have three things about the house of the sign was made of wood. It had something to do with the the sign of atonement, the blood, and it had to do with obedience. So let me ask you ladies, where in scripture do you find those three <laughs> three things? Wood, blood and obedience. Mm. Excellent. Mm. That's amazing. That was from heaven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what I thought too. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, was, I wanted to be on a cruise boat, you know. I think I'm good with uh, <laughs> Noah's boat. <laughs> yes. Well, um, <laughs> Richard, tell us about the significance of the oars. Okay. I, when I started to get into this, and uh, just I just kept thinking about this picture of the boat, and one day I thought, I wonder what the oars are. Like, I get the I get the boat bit, and you know the whole thing about the future. Now that I've thought of it for a thousand hours, um, <laughs> what could the oars possibly be? And just like that, the Lord said, "Trust and obey." I thought, yes, that works, <laughs> and it's it's trusting and obeying that actually propels us into our future. Mm. So the key word, the movements. I was getting, Richard, the movements of God, you know, when I was thinking of oars, you know, how we're moving, yep. we're flowing with him. Is that kind of along the same lines or no? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And it, it ties in beautifully. Let me share with you a couple of word pictures about... Um, about the words trust and obey. Um, mm-hmm. We're all familiar with Proverbs uh, 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not under your own understanding. And then verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So the word trust in in that scripture, you're ready for this? This, this will be blow your way. Let them sit down. Tingling. <laughs> the, the word picture meaning for trust is inside the surrounding fence. Mm. 
Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe wow. it? <laughs> Inside the surrounding fence. Mm. It's amazing. And the word picture for obey is to see the name. Huh. To see the name. Now, at the moment, that doesn't quite fit. But mm-hmm. we'll come back to that and I'll explain how that fits. Wow. So that's the oars, trust and obey. Trust and obey. Hmm. Well, that kind of, you're in movement. You're actually, as you're using the oars on a rowboat, Richard, you're actually, you're, you're flowing with him, and his movements become your movements. Hmm. It's, it's like you're, I mean, as, as we were to tie that in, I mean, that's what the Lord was showing me when I was praying into it, because mm. there's a flow. And in the living waters, there's always a flow. It's always movement. It might be, you know, but there, there's always a movement, you know, with the Holy Spirit. So there's a flow. Yeah. And um, that's what I was seeing, which um, I really like how you're completing this with, um, you know, the trust and the obey, how it all ties in as far as we're moving in trusting and obeying with him. We're not moving into our fears. We're moving into our um, relationship and trusting and obeying him. Listeners, we're, we have about 10 minutes left in our show, Going Deeper with God, and we have awesome author Richard Eagle on from Australia talking about life in a rowboat with and with Dr. Becky Slabaugh as the co-host. And so... Uh, Lean in, because this is some rich information about um, life in a boat. So we've learned about the oars, and how about the significance of the coxswain? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and why don't you say that word instead of me? I want to hear you say it. Oh, Barb, that's good. Uh, you tell us. Go ahead. Yeah, cox, coxswain. Coxswain. For me. <laughs> for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're, we're coming up to the Olympics, and one of the events that uh, I certainly enjoy watching is uh, the the rowing, and particularly the the rowing eights. And and in those events, um, you'll notice there's always a ninth person in the boat, and that ninth person is called the coxswain. Hmm. And the coxswain isn't facing the same direction as all the rowers. The coxswain is facing the future. Mm. So I looked up it in the dictionary. Um, I think it was the Macquarie Dictionary, which is an Australian dictionary, uh, the definition of the word coxswain. And there's quite a number of definitions. I kept reading down and I got to one and it said boat servant. Wow. And suddenly the lights went on. Oh. I thought, "Yes, <laughs> this this is the this is amazing." <laughs> and and I knew that it was a picture of Christ. That we're sitting in the rowboat with our oars, trust and obey, in in the boat, which is a symbol of grace and the work of the cross, mm. and Sitting in front of us, looking into the future, is Yeshua, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And it reminded me of Hebrews 12, verse 2, which says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And the rowboat taught me so much about faith because it's just such a beautiful picture of what faith is all about. And you'll remember that uh, was it Peter when he talked about faith and he said, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. And the works he was talking about is the rowing, what Becky was talking about, being in the flow of trusting and obeying. Mm. That's the work of faith. Mm -hmm. So... It's, uh, it's just uh, an amazing picture. And the other thing about the coxswain is in Revelation 22, verse 13, Jesus says something about himself that is so powerful. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And I started pondering that scripture and suddenly I thought, he's the future. (laughs) If he's the beginning and the end, the first and the last, then he is the future. So when we're sitting in the rowboat and he's the coxswain in our boat and we're looking at him, we are looking at the future, even Mm -hmm. though we're looking backwards. And that, that's, just amazing. <laughs> I can't, I, well, I'm the just... The subtitle, then, is that as far as when fears of failure or fears of the future become things of the past, now you're really explaining it and unpacking exactly. that, right, Richard? Yeah, okay. Yes, that's, Excellent. That's Excellent. It. That's it. And... Um, Uh, I thought of this acronym yesterday, and I think I've forgotten it now, but it was from the letters of fear, and it was, fear is forever. No, I've forgotten it. But it was was to the effect of um, never thinking there's a rescue at hand. That's really... I remember what the R was. I'll have to go back and work on that. I mean... Including that's a really, blogs. <laughs> Richard, that's a prophetic picture that you just gave, of, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, there's, there's no one around or you're by yourself. I see it as a, a vain imagination. It's not really real because we, you know, in Timothy, we read, you know, about how we're not made or created with fear and yet it comes against us. Um, but we don't have to agree with it um, and we can knock it off. But I really like what you're sharing again on God is there and he's at the beginning he's in the end and he's even there in the moment I I mean it's your book I know we just have a little bit of time bar but I I I hope listeners are getting this this is incredible what he's sharing yeah I think if you could just give us about a one minute wrap up and then we're going to pray so we want to really pray for the listeners that they are compelled to engage in this life in a rowboat and to, to, to click on Amazon, get your book, and really choose this year to be in the boat with you and to know where the future is. So if you could just wrap up for uh, a little under a minute 
uh, the last thing you'd like to share with the listeners. Okay, I'd love to do that. Well, as you said in the intro, my passion is about purpose. And I, I don't believe there's any greater purpose that we can have than positioning ourselves daily in the rowboat mm. and realising that the boat is indeed uh, God's grace that surrounds us. It's the work of the cross and the power of the cross that surrounds us. And our part and our purpose is to keep rowing, to keep trusting and obeying, and keep our eyes focused on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, and who is indeed our future. So this is Richard Eagle. His website is R-I-C-H-A-R-D-E-A-G-L-E dot com. And Richard, would you just pray us out right now? We have a little under a minute. Pray for the listeners. I'd love to. Thank you. Loving Father, we just stand in awe. <laughs> yes, we stand in awe with our laws. <laughs> and we pray, Father God, that you would just abundantly uh, bless all those who are listening and who have heard this word. Father, it's your word, not mine, and that's why it's so powerful. So I, I pray for a release of revelation that goes even beyond what I've shared. And Father, I thank you that your word is powerful and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and that it can accomplish far beyond anything that we can imagine. And so we thank you and praise you and we give you all the honour and glory in the name of Yeshua, our Saviour, and our coxswain. Amen. Thanks for tuning in this Saturday, 9.30 a.m. or midnight. Uh, tune in next week to hear about some worship in Denver. And we bless you and we say, go deeper with God. So